Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Michael Jin. And I'm your co-host, Shane Carvalho. We got another great topic today that we're going to dive into pretty deeply with you guys. And whether you've experienced it before or you're kind of on your journey, you might experience it at some point. We're going to dig into the idea of imposter syndrome, what it's about, how it's impacted us, and how we've been able to work through it in the course of our in, in the course of running our business. Yeah, both our business and um, maybe at times in life as well, right? Uh, you I know, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, it's funny kind of where it hits, right? You never know, right? Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is that you know, like. I guess it's not something I even knew about till probably, I don't know, last four or five years, or maybe just wasn't something that was talked about. Uh, when did, when did it first hit you and, and how has it impacted you? You know, I think it, um, I think you're probably right. I think we've, I probably had these feelings throughout like my career and throughout probably the last like 10, 15 years, but I think you're right. Like the, the feelings I think never was categorized. Yeah, or labeled into something probably until like, you know, the, the, the last few years, however long that is, right? And uh -huh. now there's a label to it and it makes it makes all the sense in the world. I think for me, it's, you know, I would characterize imposter syndrome as just feeling for for me personally, I would characterize it as, you know, I don't I don't really feel good about, you know, the wins that I achieved. I feel sometimes I'll attribute it to kind of, oh, you know, it was dumb luck or you know, some some other outside situation happened and it wasn't really anything that I did. Or I feel like, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I've been performing, but somewhere along the way, I have this nagging feeling that at some point I'm going to get to a place and I'm going to get exposed for not actually knowing what the hell it is I'm talking about, you know? Um, and those, you know, and if, it creates a lot of feeling of like dread, of like anxiety, of just overall stress in my life. And I don't know if you can relate to some of those feelings, but you know, that's oh, kind of what I've experienced. A lot of these things I can relate to, but you know, what's interesting too, and to give you some perspective is like in years, I, from what I know about you, you're similar in this way, but I'm super hard on myself, right? Like mm -hmm. we're typically our harshest critics, but I'm really hard on myself. And so the interesting thing to think about when thinking about imposter syndrome does it run parallel with people that are very hard on themselves or is it just some other, you know what I mean? Well, no, I, I think it absolutely does. And I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I'm going to, I was, I was looking into this a little bit more because I was trying to understand it. And, you know, one article I came across talked about the five different types of people or five five different types of imposter syndrome, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name it out right now to you, and I'm gonna I'm curious like which oh, wow. ones you can relate to. I wasn't right? prepared. I didn't study. It's okay. No, no, I... it's okay. It's there's five <laughs> apparently. There's well, and like you read, you can read like different articles, and they have different ways of classifying. Again, it's just I guess they're getting more granular in, in terms of how they identify and how they label like imposter syndrome. But I, I think I think you'll find this interesting. So the first one, to your point, is the perfectionist. And the perfectionist, right? <laughs> they have a need to meet exceedingly higher standards that are almost impossible to achieve. So like imposter syndrome kind of fuels perfectionism. The, the second one, which I found also kind of interesting is the superhuman. 
the superhuman is a type of person that like continuously wants to do more and more and they just keep on putting more pressure on themselves to like justify their accomplishments their success the third one they call the natural genius and this is really interesting because they think they set really high standards for themselves they get into a highly competitive environment and they feel like their success is solely based on their natural talent their natural talent or their intelligence so like if something goes wrong, they feel like they're not intelligent or talented enough. Um, the fourth one is the soloist, which is basically like everything they do, they have to kind of do themselves and they can't ask for help. Um, and the fifth one is the expert. And I can kind of relate to this one. I mean, I, I, I relate to kind of all the other four, but this one kind of hits to me at home because it's like they have advanced degrees. They're so well-trained. They feel like they have, they've invested so much time that they have to have the answers to everything. So, I mean, yeah, you related to perfectionism one. Is there any of the other ones that you feel like you're one and to? two, one and two, one and two are definitely me. Okay. Um, maybe I'm just not highly educated enough to <laughs> qualify for number five. I don't have what? a, what a double masters or what is it that you have? I don't know. Just advanced degrees. But like, I I'm curious about that one for you because it's like, yeah, maybe not the degree part, but you grew up kind of, in the general contracting business, right? You kind of have the advanced, I don't know, PhD train, like on the job training when it comes to like contracting. Have you ever felt like imposter syndrome when it comes to, you know, being on a construction site? Not at all. Not it's at probably because okay. I started so young. Okay. Okay. But for you, it's That's one and two, huh? Perfectionist and superhuman. Yeah, I for sure. I can relate to those, but I can see what you're saying. I guess if I spend a little more time breaking down three, four, and five, I'm sure that some of it applies as well. Um, I mean, I definitely know that I qualify for imposter syndrome without a doubt. So <laughs> I'll raise my hand for sure. Like what situations do you feel like you, like during what points do you feel like, you, like you've experienced it the most? First of all, like, and I talk about this a lot, like my competition is myself, right? Yeah. So I'm not achieving by being better than other people. Just like when you're, oh yeah, you're a top producer. I take a lot of pride in, and I do take the acknowledgements and the awards because it's like, yeah. you know, for, for producing at a certain level and hitting the criteria, I will take that because it's for hitting criteria. But if it's like, oh, yeah, you beat everybody, that doesn't feel the same. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yep. It's like you you were successful in hitting this criteria, so you got this award, right? So do you see the difference, though? You know, you see what I mean? So, so for me, when I have felt imposter syndrome is when I have achieved at a really high level. And then for one reason or another, life happens, right? So, you know, I've gone through personal life challenges. I mean, obviously we've talked about it a bit last year. I mean, yeah, cancer was a big one, right? And yeah. so it's like, if you're used to performing and producing at a certain level, and then you're not at that same level for a minute, like in my head, it's like, yeah, you're not that great anymore. Oh, you're not good. You don't, like what, like, I think I need to understand for myself in those situations is that just because you did not accomplish the same amount of dollar volume in sales last year, doesn't mean you've lost a step on how good you are at it or your understanding or your intelligence. If anything, you just gained another year of experience. Right. Even if you dropped off 40 or 50% in production, you know, most people would probably expect you to 
drop out completely. I mean, everybody kind of takes big life challenges differently. You know, I got back on the horse as fast as I could because I love what I do. But there's people that not necessarily that they're milking it, but there's people that treat it like they died and they're going to be at home for like a year. Yeah. Like just miserable, not doing anything. And so it's like, for me, I got back on the horse as, as fast as I could, but you know, opportunities came up for speaking and teaching other agents and other things like that. And there was moments where like, without a doubt, I know the stuff and I know I can help people, but then it's like, I feel like I'm always authentic and always transparent and honest. I never pretend to be anything I'm not, but then I would always worry that they're going to be like, Oh, you know, he only did 25 million. Right. The results kind of don't match up with kind of what you're telling them sometimes. Right. Or what well, you're used to. Well, yeah. Cause I mean, it's like, for me, like even when I'm firing on all cylinders, like I still know I haven't reached my capacity. Right. Like I know that I was given a talent that I have not even captured. Like, yeah. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I'm humble as it is, but I'm not, and I'm not trying to throw this like a brag, but have I been successful or do I well do well at what I do? Yeah. Do I know, do I feel confident that I know what I'm doing? Do I good, do a good job? Yeah. Do I need the client's validation? No, but I appreciate it. And when I do read back reviews and feedback from clients, I really appreciate that because we were talking about this the other day, when you're in the heat of the moment, because transactions can be stressful for everybody, right? Like you don't realize how much you're doing for the clients and for the situation, transaction, et cetera. Yeah. And so it's nice afterwards to go back. And if anything, that's a testimonial to like, okay, dude, if you have any doubt, play that back. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's, that's great advice. And I think we, we kind of forget to do that sometimes. And I guess, I guess that's kind of one of the, the, like the key indicators of like feeling imposter syndrome is because I think, I mean, definitely what you were describing, I think, yeah, number two on the head, the superhuman, right? Like you're so used to doing so much and continuing to just go and go and go that you didn't really take the time to like reflect back, stop. Well, and I worry too much about what people think. Yeah. And honestly, like, like when we had Mike Sherrard on, remember when I asked him that question? Yeah. And he talked about when he was making those videos and what he had not to. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because for him, it was that, right? Putting his family. For me, it was the perspective of facing death or these major life issues last year. It was actually going through that whole thing. I still remember signing that paperwork before I had the surgery, right? And it's like, you know, I may die. Whatever. You know, it's like, yes, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it honestly took all that just for me to get on this damn video. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. No, it is. It, it absolutely is. And it's, it's, it, it is interesting. Like, I, I think finding that, that, that internal motivation, that internal driver is, 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 is pretty important. And like, you know, for Mike, he had his, he had his family, like you said, for you, it was kind of facing the life or death experience. And it just became like, you know, it, it sounds like it, it kind of really put things into perspective. Right. Well, yeah. Then it takes, it takes away the like being judged. Cause yeah. the reason I brought that up was because of the fact that with the imposter syndrome, you're afraid you're going to be judged for not being authentic or being the real deal, even though you're being the real deal. So I guess just in case you didn't follow my point, what I was trying to say is that that was kind of like the final thing I needed mm -hmm. to to actually push me, you know, to not worry about being judged. Right, right. But imposter syndrome can still creep back in 
at any given time. Heck, I've talked to you about that. I mean, yeah. probably not in the last couple of months, but probably maybe the end of the year last year, beginning of this year, like I had moments where I was feeling that way. And I shared that with you. I don't share with too many people, but you're like one of my best friends. So I shared it with you. Well, and I think it's important to, I think it's important to like, to talk through these things with, with someone that, you know, you feel like you're, you're comfortable like sharing this with, because I think sometimes it does, it, it kind of serves as a form of kind of like validation or a reminder that, you know, like, because oftentimes I feel like with this, it's very easy to get into your own head, right? It's very easy once you have, we, we've talked about maintaining a positive attitude and mindset, but with this, it's like, once you kind of get that one negative thought about how you're not good enough, you know, you kind of find every other, every reason in the world to, to continue that thought. And so like being able to share with somebody like you sharing with me or like, you know, sharing with a therapist or, or whoever it might be in a safe space, you know, really allows that kind of reflection and allows like a, a pause and a break on the thought process to say, Hey, no, like you, like from everything that I've seen, like you absolutely know what it is you're talking about. No, I, and I appreciate the fact that when I do have those moments and I share them with you, you kind of help kick my butt back into place, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, well, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you, I mean, in obviously, you know, you have your, your main career and you've been obviously, you know, also now working in real estate the last few years. Um, you know, like your primary job that you had first, I mean, clearly you probably don't ever have any doubts there. Would you say that real estate, you have had some doubts or have, well, where, where do you ever feel it in your world? Well, it's interesting. Cause I, I, I actually in, in, in both places, I would say I feel doubt. And I, I, I think as I continue to progress in my career, it's been interesting. I feel like there are more situations where. I feel like that imposter syndrome. And I, I, I guess I'll talk about both. Like in my main career, I think part of it is it, it was number five on, on the categories that I talked about. It was, it was kind of the expert aspect of being the imposter syndrome, right? There's, I, I think there's a sense of like that when you kind of, as you climb the corporate ladder, as you spend a lot of time with the team, um, at least I feel like oh shoot, like I should know the answers to a lot of things. I should know the answer to how things work more so than like somebody who's maybe only a year in. Um, and that's that's a really hard thing to deal with because like, I feel like in, there have been situations in the past where like, even if I feel like I don't necessarily understand something in a meeting, like it, it holds me back from staying curious. It holds me back from, asking questions because I feel like, oh, I should know the answer to this already. And it really, it, it limited my, my growth and my ability to contribute. Right. Um, and I think in real estate, it's, it's, it's similar. It's, you know, like for me, I'm, you know, I'm not 20 years in, I'm only like seven years in. Right. And I haven't faced every single situation. I don't have like a general contracting background like you do. And so sometimes it is, it is tough. It is it, for me, I think there's always this, there's always been this kind of performance mindset for me. Right. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's a Chinese in me. Well, it's part <laughs> right? of your, well, you talked about being part of your upbringing. It's I mean, part of my upbringing, right. It, it's yeah. part of like, you know, feeling like I always need to know the answer or I always have to like perform and get, get it straight A's. I think it's all interconnected for me. Right. And so even in real estate, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I might not have that much experience, but there's often times where I feel like I need to have 
the right answer for my clients. And that's something that's always kind of been a constant like challenge and battle for me that I have to remind myself, like what works for me is reminding myself to slow down and becoming like getting to a place now where it's like, and I'm not perfect at this, but knowing that like, it's okay that I don't know anything. It's, it's okay that I don't know everything, right? It's okay to say, oh, hey, to my clients to say, oh, hey, that's a great question. Um, I'm not entirely sure, but let me, you know, let me go ask my real estate partner, Shane, let me, let me look into it and I'll get back to you. And it's, it's, for me, it's, it's starting to slowly become just comfortable with one, giving that response and two, just being comfortable with the emotions and the feelings that kind of stirs up in me where it's like, shoot, I hate not knowing the answer. Like for me, you come off as being, you know, just when I've worked with you and we've worked on transactions together, like if I'm a brand new client, like the way you handle yourself, I think of you as a seasoned veteran, right? Like the way you come at them with data and your spreadsheets and how you manage the situation. So I'm surprised that you do, like I hear you because I always want to know everything too, but I love the fact that you do exactly what I say, which is just pause, always be honest and say, you know what, let me check on that and get back to you. That's actually the right way to do things. Because even me, 24 years in, I still need to ask things like 24 years in, I mean, being involved in thousands of transactions, like we learn something new every day. Like I drop in our broker room. I mean, I'm an associate broker for God's sakes. And I still go in and there's things that come up. And it's just that, you know, we have those people because all they do is they keep up with all the changing laws and rules. Yep. All their job is to do is to be in the back doing that. Right. Yep. It's yep. just like, cause I mean, like you, obviously came up in engineering and you had what your position was and everything. But I mean, I'm sure that, you know, where you worked initially, like I'm sure that there was other people that were also engineers, but they had different roles and responsibilities. And like, you might be on the production side, you have other engineers that are on the sales side, but it's like, you guys are still all engineers, but it's just that you have your niches. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You can't, be the one person know all like you just right. can't no and and absolutely not and you know it's funny because i think it's you know i go to i go to number three when we when we started which is kind of the natural genius like i think for me that's that's something i've had to learn how to work through is being okay like not knowing the answer and being okay knowing that i have like other people who are subject matter experts to go uh -huh. and and kind of rely on them for input you know, it's interesting, like you always hear about successful entrepreneurs and people who start their own business. They always say like one of the common themes I feel like they always say is they're not the smartest person in the room, but they know how to surround themselves with people who are very smart in their fields. And I think that's something that I've come to slowly learn um, as I've started to build out like my real estate business is like I don't need to know everything. Um, I just need to make sure I surround myself with people who you know, who are the experts in their field, like surrounding, like having you in my, in my network or resources as someone who's an experienced agent, but also a general contractor. So I can go to when I have questions, right. Having like a, a super smart lender in my back, like in my back pocket, like we know with Nicole Ruth over in Denver, like she knows her shit. <laughs> she knows the market. She yeah. knows everything a lot better than I would. We, right. And yeah, products that she would offer. That. Right. Yeah, we talked about that on our call today how great she is. Yeah. And she she could be the one that like 
I mean, she can knock it out of the park, right? And we've talked about building out your resource, your network of resources, and that's just super important. That's something that I think for me going, growing up, going through high school, going through college, like my first jobs in corporate, like I never really understood that concept. And it really wasn't until I started building out my real estate business that I had to learn how to embrace that concept. You know, it's interesting because see, for me, I don't like, for me, what I see or what causes that feeling in me is having achieved at very high levels and feeling like you're not at that level. So like, it's interesting because you're having that struggle on your way up and I'm having that struggle having been at the top yeah. and having moments where I'm not maintaining that level. So it's just, I guess I never thought about it. I guess there's different ways to experience imposter syndrome. Yeah, there, there are many different ways. And I think like we kind of alluded to at the beginning and kind of- With your five, like that was shocking. Yeah, it can hit at any point, right? Right. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Now, if you're watching on YouTube or streaming this on your podcast platform, if you could do us a favor, leave a comment down below and let us know where you're listening or watching the show from today. It greatly helps with the algorithm and helps us get reach out to more people who need or want to hear what we have to say. We greatly appreciate it. And now back to the show. I think what would be helpful is, you know, kind of addressing how we cope with this because this can this can become a mental block and limit you from growing or reaching out there, right? Like in an example, you know, like with newer agents, some of them are afraid to tap into some of their sphere. Like I've talked to some agents that have this amazing part of their sphere that Oh, no, no, no. I'm not going to talk to them until I've sold a few houses yep. until like I really know what I'm doing. And that right there is a huge mistake. That's a huge mistake. And I, you know, just that's how I experience it when helping people out. And uh, this is where what we were talking about with you a minute ago is it's okay to say, hey, let me check on that and get back to you. Yep. Even with the savviest of clients, because what you have to remember, especially if they're people in your network, yep. they already know and trust you. Yeah. So what if you're not perfect at what you're helping with? They're at least most likely going to feel like you're going to look out for their best interest. Yep. And because of that, even if you're not as experienced as Joe down the street, who also sells cars, they know that they can trust you Yeah. and to have a good experience with you. And so it's like, you can't hold yourself back because of that. No, you, but then on the flip side, they'll probably reach up to me and be like, okay, well, you're over here telling me to do this. But then look, you're feeling like an imposter just because you sold like 10 houses less in the last six months. So, I mean, I guess everybody kind of has their angle. But I think for me, the help is to be okay with, you know, being where you're at. Like, sure, continue to grow and work towards learning and doing better. But you know what? The journey starts with the first step. Yeah. You're not going to skip all these other steps. You're not going to go from the first step to the finish line. You need to put one foot in front of the other for a while, and you have to be okay with being on that journey. I don't know if that's the best analogy, but I feel like you just have to be okay with yourself no matter where you're at. No, I, I, I think that's absolutely I, I think that's absolutely the right analogy. And I think the other thing I would add to that is, you know, you have to continue taking one step at a time. And 
you have to be okay, like making mistakes and not seeing it as a mistake or just being able to laugh at yourself. Honestly, like what helped me in my real estate journey was I was just at the beginning. I'm like, I, I still remember. And I shared this with you, my very first open house that I did. Right. It was, it was, it was one of your list. Like, you know, as I was growing out my business, it was, it was one of your listings. It was, it was, uh, it was a condo over in like San Jose. And I remember I just did the open house and there are things that I think back, like there are things that I did super well, like probably experienced agents, you know, sometimes forget to do it's making sure people sign in, it's engaging them in conversation. I love playing music. Right. And I like, and I, you know, but I, to be honest, I look back and I was like, I probably wasn't as prepared as I needed to be in terms of like knowing the house. Right. And so I still remember like an experienced agent came in. I think she was just yanking my, she was yanking my chain. And she was like, oh, so where's the attic access like in this house, in this condo? And I like she had me like running around trying to look and I'm like, well, it's a freaking condo. There's somebody living upstairs. Of course, you're not going to have attic access. But, you know, it's like afterwards, like, yeah, it was embarrassing, but it was also like I just had to learn to be OK and just laugh on myself. And it's like, hey, you know, you're not going to get everything right the first time around. And like this is a great learning opportunity because now it's like the more of these open houses I do. Yeah, I mean, I'll have agents trying to yank my chain, but at the same time, it's like I started lear I, st I started learning how to really cherish those experiences because with each experience, I picked up a little bit more in terms of, okay, so what is it buyers are really looking for, right? What are the typical types of questions they're going to ask? If I'm dealing with agents who are bringing their clients you know, how are, you know, what are they looking for in the listing? What are the things they want to know most from me? And it's like every single experience just builds my repository of like knowledge. So then, you know, now it's like I do an open house and it's like, I don't really like, there's no fear in terms of what I'm going to experience because for the most part, I, I've probably seen a lot of the questions or a lot of what people are looking for already. Yeah. Well, at broker tour for me, like before the first weekend of open houses, I typically gauge the kind of questions I'm going to be asked. And I mean, I already know if it's a condo, know how much the HOA fee is, yep. what amenities are what's included in the HOA fees and, um, you know, all that sort of thing. And then, you know, it's single family. Like it's like as you do more and more repetition, then it's like you're on autopilot for mm -hmm. these are things I need to know. And then you always need to know, like, what's on the market around me, what's in contract, what recently sold. Yep. You know, yep. just know the inventory around you. It's like. It's like there's the basics, but then each house is different. Is there HOA, no HOA? Like, is it on a golf club? Is it in the, you know, on the beach? Like, you really just have to assess each property and, and get to know that stuff. But it's interesting because when you have that first experience with the whole attic thing, you're a little frantic because you want to know everything. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like you're so frantic as, no, I need to know this, that you don't even actually stop and think. No, you don't. You know, you just, my, my natural instinct was just to be like, oh, let me find out the answer for you, you know, without, yeah, you were nervous. You yeah. were nervous. You're you nervous. didn't think through. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, dude, for God's sakes, you're a freaking engineer. Yeah. Like I, you know, you can't have those moments like, yeah. oh yeah, let me look for the attic, you know, yeah. in between yeah. the floors. Like, yeah, but it's cause you were nervous. Yeah. Cause I know you're way smarter than that. Like, you know, so it's now you don't, that's the other thing with doing a lot of repetition is that. Now you're seasoned and you're comfortable, so you probably don't panic anymore. But I'm going to pull your chain next time I come to one of your open houses. That's, that's fine. I'm, I'm ready at this point. <laughs> but I mean, it, it is also one of those things where it's like, I, I think there's certain things like it, it is true. Like when you get nervous, like it, it really, especially for me, when I get nervous, like it really affects 
like my thought process, how like it, it speeds, it speeds me up. It speeds up my mind to the point where it, it's, it's, it's anxiety driven. Right. So it like speeds me up to the point where like, yeah, to your point, like it, it's hard to just pause and think. And sometimes you just have to be, be able to do that. And that, I mean, nowadays, if I see it, I, I kind of recognize that feeling. And so it, I've kind of learned to just pause, take a deep breath and then, and then come up with my answer. And it, it's actually helped me quite a bit, even though it sounds so simple and straightforward, it's not the easiest thing to do because you have to recognize it first. When you're saying pause, you're reminding me of when I'm hitting my tee shot at the golf course, <laughs> pause and exhale on the swing. No, just because, I don't know, I know different, I'm paying attention to just random, like the whole pause, breathe thing. Well, it's the same thing with golf, right? I mean, you go and like, if you don't hit a hole well, a lot of times you can get in your head and what happens? Yeah. Like you, you try to fix your swing, you try to rush your shot, right? Yeah, but for the record, I don't have imposter syndrome on the golf course. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one area where you're fine. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's like beer bash nowadays, right? It's like not like when we're trying to play in college. But no, um, I actually, uh, <laughs> I appreciate this conversation. I, and I'm, I know this was actually a topic you brought up. And, you know, I, I really think that it's a necessary conversation to have for you, um, you know, especially with real estate at the being at the very top, right? Like when you have those moments, what's helped you? It's interesting because like that other little video clip I just had, you know, about depression and, you know, how to kind of pull out. I think that, um, a lot of it is taking a moment to really have, you know, gratitude mm -hmm. as well as review what has been accomplished mm -hmm. and, and really just remember who you are yeah. Um, overall. Cause like you take this moment and like, and that's just the way my mind works. You literally just judged your entire career and your life being on this earth over a bad run, whether it was a day, a week, yep. you know, six months. It's like, yeah, all of a sudden I have failed. I suck. Um, the whole top religion thing was a fluke. I really wasn't really doing that well. Or like you were saying earlier, I got lucky. Like all that crap gets into your head. And so, um, so for me, because there's obviously a lot of different things you could do. For me, it's taking a step back and actually thinking through the situation versus being so impulsive. Because I'm impulsive. The reaction is just impulsive. Like, Oh yeah, this sucks. Everything sucks. It's like that whole like downward spiral. Like it's yep. so crazy how quickly I'll throw myself into like a downward spiral over, you know, something that, you know, like I said, you can't, that's the thing is no matter what happens in life, what kind of health issues you have, you know, what other challenges you might face, nobody can take this away. Yeah. Like what you've been able to accomplish and learn and that intelligence that's something that nobody can take yeah. from you. And that's something that you don't just lose because all of a sudden you had a bad month, a bad week, a bad year, you know, all of a sudden you didn't hit your goals, you know, or the other thing too, is that, you know, and this is for another topic another day, but the other thing too, is like letting people get in your head, right? Yep. Like yep. you're having, so like you're feeling imposter syndrome and then you have a 
random because you know i love my clients and we have really good relationships but then let's say you just have a random issue with maybe a client at a weird moment or maybe it's like another agent or someone on the other side of a transaction or you know just maybe it's a vendor i don't know it's like i don't know if you've had those days where it's like you're already kind of not feeling that great and then it's like there's like the one-two punch in the gut from Mm -hmm. like unexpected bs right yeah and so it's dude it is tough like i have a hard this is like we're talking about solutions and what to do so yeah i know what to do and i can pull out but it doesn't mean that i don't go downhill a bit first you know what i mean especially when you get that gut punch one two you know it's like shit man and you know because when you talk to me it's like sometimes it's like you know um, like someone once said, it's like a box of chocolates. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. That's the approach with me sometimes, right? You reach out and it's like, what Shane do I have right now? You know, is he like, <laughs> serious? Yeah. Is he jovial? Yeah. Is he celebratory? Yeah. Is he yeah. exhausted? When you recognize that you're doing that, pause. Think about what you have accomplished. Think about what you're grateful for. Look back on what you've done. But go back like beyond three hours ago, like go back, you know, if you need to go back a week, a month, six months, maybe you went through a horrible divorce. Maybe it was like a bout with cancer. Maybe, you know, maybe you had to relocate to another state and start all over. Yeah. You know, maybe you had some tragedy with one of your kids, like whatever life threw at you, that does not define who you are and what you have achieved. Yeah, absolutely. That's a temporary state. That's a temporary state that doesn't have bearing on this, right? It's two different things. And so, I mean, that's the strategy. I believe in it. I'm human, man. So it doesn't always just happen like that. I don't just snap my fingers. Oh, yeah, I got this. Here, here, Michael, hold my beer. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. Let's just go do gratitude yeah. and we're good. Yeah. No, I mean, sometimes it takes sometimes, going a little I mean, Sometimes you that. do that. Other times, like you, you kind of have to just sit with it. Right. And it's, we talked about, I mean, like we talked about this earlier too. It's, I think it's important to, to share this with people that you trust, that you're close with share, right. like, you know, what it is you struggle with, because it's not just about the wins. It's all, it's not about, about just the highs. It's also about the lows. And it's like, you know, you shared earlier, you, you share a lot of this stuff with me so that, you know, from my perspective as your friend and as your business partner, you know, when I do see like, Hey, which, which Shane did I put, pull out of the chocolate box? Right. And it's, it's the imposter syndrome one, (laughs) right? Like, that sounds funny when you say it. I know. Right. Um, but like, and, and it's the, and it's a, you're experiencing imposter syndrome. Like I know like, Hey, this is something that you struggle with. I can, at least help to remind you or to encourage you or whatever it is. And I think that's also an important part of this is there's no weakness in sharing like these aspects of you, of me with people around us, because, you know, we're right. none of us are superhuman. We're never going to get everything right. And oftentimes like we need the people around us to, you know, for that word of encouragement or just that timely word, you know, yeah. to help us. Even your, even your partner at home, yeah, you know, exactly. even if they're not in the same business, your partner at home, a lot of times can, they know you, right? So it's like, they can basically step in and be like, hey, you know, because the the people in your circle that know you yeah. are the ones that can 
you know, pull you out and you listen because yeah. they know you and you trust them, you know? Yeah. So sometimes we do need somebody to kind of pull us out of the funk. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it needs to be like a group effort even, you know? Sometimes, um, sometimes yeah. And worse comes to worse. It's like an intervention. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it'd probably be worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, I mean, I guess to recap, you know, um, imposter syndrome was, um, yeah, a great topic for tonight. And I like the fact that you went and picked up the fact that there's five different types. Well, and I think it's, it means, I think it just shows and highlights that it can happen at any point in our career. It doesn't matter if you're starting out. It doesn't matter if you're building. It doesn't matter if you've reached like what you feel like has been like an apex of your career. Like if uh -huh. you hit at any time, there's different ways that, you know, it, it can, it can manifest itself, right. From the five different types of personalities. Um, but I think as you and I also kind of talked about in terms of solutions for it, you know, it's, it's some, sometimes it's taking the time to pause, to reflect back, to be able to recognize when you're feeling that, whether it's by yourself or through, you know, sharing your experiences, sharing how you're feeling, um, sharing that this affects you with someone or with the people that are in your close circle. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I appreciate you bringing in the fact that there were five types because I didn't know that. And then obviously we went over how, how, you know, I know how I deal with it. And then do you want to recap how you deal with yours? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's, 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 it's kind of, I feel like I've stumbled along with it, but it's, it's slowly realizing that and just being okay with, you know, making fun of myself, uh, being able to laugh at myself, uh, just recognizing that, you know, I don't have to know everything that I have people around me in my network, in my group that are experts in their field and I can go to and rely on versus feeling like I have to know the answer myself. And I think it's just, I think the, the biggest thing for me is learning just that it was okay for me to embrace my mistakes and see it as a learning opportunity to continue to build up, you know, the things that I didn't know before that's just going to help me down the road. Yeah. And also just, you know, for, our, you know, listeners, um, or I guess viewers, if they're on YouTube, right. But yep. I would totally encourage any kind of comments, any share, you know, maybe what works for you, like how you deal with imposter syndrome. Um, maybe any additional questions. And at the same time, I know we don't say this enough, but throwing topics our way that you'd like for us to discuss, because we're obviously always open. I mean, we've gotten feedback and done episodes based on other things we've been asked. So I think it's important to throw that back out there as well. No, absolutely. And I appreciate you for doing that. Um, thanks for listening in. Thanks for watching uh, to this episode of the Top Producing Zone podcast. And we'll catch you on the very next episode. Yeah, guys. Thanks so much. Take care.